welcome to Agape Ministries Podcasts, a whole new way of thinking. Episode 108, part two of the teaching by Chris Thomas on contemplating the face of Christ. This process of transformation isn't really about doing anything. It's about becoming. When we begin to open ourselves to the the power of the gospel, when we begin to experience love, when we begin to see the presence of God everywhere, then we become love ourselves. We become forgiveness ourselves. We become joy ourselves because that's what we've met in the heart of God. I I heard someone recently say that as long as we do loving things and joyful things and peaceful things, we're one step removed from transformation because it's all about becoming. We are to be love. We're to be forgiveness. And so the challenge, I guess, of the gospel and the challenge of a weekend like this is to go on that deep inner journey where you confront the things that stop you seeing, where you confront the things that stop you becoming, where you look at what it is that stops you entering into the the mystery that is God, and which then stop you becoming a transforming presence in the world. It's an invitation to face your attitudes of mind and heart and that make you divide people rather than unite them. Or or, or the attitudes of mind and heart that would make you self-righteous and bigoted. The attitudes of mind and heart that would make you exclude. I I was saying when we began that for five years I was a parish priest in a a lovely town called Southport, which is on on the coast up from from Liverpool, um, Nice middle-class Victorian Southport. Just underneath the surface, there's a whole set of problems. Drug addiction, alcohol abuse, people living on the beach, people living under the pier, all of the stuff that you see in lots of different places. Because we were in the town centre, we began a project to try and help people who lived on the edges. Some of them were in bed and breakfast accommodation, some of them were living rough. Some of them lived in cars. Quite an extraordinary sort of subculture. We were feeding between 70 and 100 people every day. And I can still remember the day, the first time, the first day that a man of the road put his arms around me and held me as he cried. His name was Patrick. Patrick was the start of lots of things for us. But Patrick smelt very badly, and he was very dirty. But you know, within me, there were all sorts of attitudes that came to the fore straight away. Attitudes that made me want to push him away and keep him at arm's length. And the primary one was, what would people think? I can remember the first time I sat by the monument in Southport with the alcoholics, and I had to endure the hostile people 
stares of people who who were going past, and you know, I, I can remember thinking, I wonder if they think I'm one of them. And the first time I went to an AA meeting with someone who couldn't go by themselves, my only concern was somebody here might see me. What would they think? And, and I just became aware over the first few months of running this project, you know, I just became aware of how much transformation needed to happen within me. I'd been a priest at that point for, gosh, 15 years probably. I'd had quite a bad breakdown and, and, and was very depressed and had a lot of counselling. And, and I really thought I got to the point where I was aware of who I was <laughs> and aware of what lay within me. And then I realised there is so much more. There is always more. And so the journey goes on and has to go on within all of us. We, we gather here this weekend to take time in silence. You will face things within yourself that you don't like. And that's okay. Just stay with them and see where they lead you. A few months ago, I was in a retreat center working with a, a group of religious sisters. And during the time that we were together, we, we had some periods of prayer. And during the one of them, I just invited the sisters to be still and to, to let love touch them. And one of the sisters began to... as she remembered an incident which had happened probably 40 or 50 years before when one of her superiors had treated her very badly. She went on to tell me afterwards that she had always resented that woman and was very, very angry with her. And she said because of what had happened between them, she looked at the world with jaundiced eyes. She looked at the order, the congregation that she was part of with jaundiced eyes. She looked at the world in the same way. And yet this particular day, she had to face the pain that was within her. And she began to weep. And, and, and eventually, she began to experience a little bit of freedom. Love touched her. She then wrote to me a couple of months later and you know, told me that she'd begun to see her religious life in a new way. She'd begun to see people in a different way. She, things had, had changed so much for her. And she'd been to see the old woman who was now in a care home, who'd been her superior. And the two of them had begged each other's forgiveness. So this journey of transformation can enable us to be set free from the things that rob us of our zest for life. And prayer is that place where it can happen. Prayer is that place where God can touch us. And so I, I really would encourage you to, to enter into the silence, not just to respect it because everybody else is being quiet, but to actually enter into it, to let God. You know, God is either present or God is nowhere. God's here. So let the God who's here touch your heart, your mind. Let the God who's here lead you on this journey of transformation. <coughs> Be silent. Be still. Contemplate the face of Christ. Don't say prayers. 
I know certainly in the Catholic tradition you know, we're, very, we're very good at saying prayers, we're very good at filling space with, with words, you know, this novena, that novena, the divine mercy, all of that's fine. But this is about being still. This is about being silent to let God work. What, one of my favorite singers is, is, is John Denver. And, and, and one of his songs, um, the first line of one of his songs was, Today is the first day of the rest of your life. <laughs> you know, today is the first day of the rest of your lives. Today is a chance for you to open yourself up to God. <coughs> to help God clear your eyes and your vision. So that you can see and know the truth that God is present, that God is with you. To let God stare within you those things that need to be brought out into the light. So that you can continue to deepen your experience of who God is. You know, we are to be so transformed that we are to become Christ for the world. All of this stillness has a purpose. It's so that we become who we were created to be, and that's Christ. We are to be Christ. We are to be the body of Christ. Transformed to live as he lived. Drawing strength from the God who lives within us. And allowing that strength to, to touch the world. So that the kingdom of God can be seen and experienced all around us. So just for a few moments, just bear with me for a few moments. I'd just like to look at Jesus. Because he really is the model of what the transformed human being is like. He became love. He became forgiveness. He became mercy. He became compassion. And it's not the Jesus of our own making that we want to look at. It's the Jesus of the Gospels. It's not the Jesus that we make, as I said before, in our own image and likeness. But the Jesus of the Gospels, so that we can see what we're meant to be. When I was training to be a priest up in, in Durham, I remember one of our lecturers... I hope I don't offend anyone by saying this, but this is what he did. He, he held up a statue of the, the Sacred Heart, and he asked us the question, is this the Jesus you believe in? And there was silence for a moment, and then he said, this man with a simpering smile and ringlets. And then he put the statue down. And I can remember feeling a bit shocked at the time. But as I reflected on what he said, I, you know, I realized that in many senses he was right, because we have created Jesus to be what we want him to be. And if we create Jesus to be what we want him to be, then we can never become what we're supposed to be. Sometimes it's safer to look at a plaster statue than to really contemplate the face of Christ and become what we're supposed to be. This Jesus wants to transform us. And that's risky. And, and I, I, I know, I, I used to work with a guy called Huey Vint, who was a, a Youth for Christ worker, and he used to say, don't take Jesus on if you don't want to change. When I look at Jesus, and I look at the scriptural accounts that we have of his life, 
I find a man who is deeply, deeply human. This process of transformation, this stillness, this silence that you're being called into, will lead us into an experience and an understanding of what it means to be fully and deeply human. Just as Jesus was fully and deeply human, so we are to be the same. He was a man who responded to the inner promptings of the Spirit, reaching out to those in need, embracing the leper, not threatened by the outcasts, not frightened by, by those who didn't fit into society, able to show tenderness, love, compassion to such a degree that it was frightening, able even to forgive those who nailed him to the cross. If we contemplate the face of Christ, if we open ourselves to being transformed, if we want to see the presence of God everywhere, that's where it's leading us, to be like Jesus. The Jesus of the Gospels um, didn't wander around hovering two feet above the floor, you know, bestowing blessings on everybody that he met. I, I sometimes get the impression that we think he did. If the gospel accounts are to be believed, Jesus seems to get invited to lots of weddings and lots of meals. You don't really invite someone who's miserable to those sorts of things. He didn't sit in a corner with a halo around his head. You know, this was a man who laughed and drank and told his stories, full of humor, full of joy, really, at the gift of being alive. Do you remember the place in the scriptures where where the disciples had been sent out and they came back to him rejoicing. Do you remember that? Well, in the original Aramaic, the response of Jesus was to jump with joy. Now, we've sanitized it and, you know, you can't have Jesus for jumping for joy. And so by the time you get to the King James Version of the Bible, Jesus is moved in his spirit. <laughs> but he jumped for joy. <laughs> An earthy man, a rooted man. If we contemplate the face of Christ, if we open ourselves to this transformative process, that's where it's pointing us. To a zest for life. To be transformed into Christ is to stand against the systems and structures of this world that would ensnare the people of God. Just as Jesus stood against the systems and structures of his day. Jesus wasn't afraid of what others thought of him. He could welcome tax collectors and sinners without worrying about what the people around might be saying. He even allowed a woman with a bad reputation to weep over his feet. Ultimately, his way of, of being cost him his life. But we know that you can't kill love. We know that love rose from the dead. And because love rose from the dead, love calls us to be transformed and to walk the same way. We could go on forever looking at Jesus as the model of the, the transformed heart. I, th I think the point is that when we see what Jesus was like, we see how much we need the Spirit. How much we need the Spirit to be like him 
I just want to pull this together a little bit by sharing with you a passage from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, which I know that you all know very well. And it might well be the passage that you could take away later on and just think about and reflect on. It, it's Ephesians 3. This is, this is what Paul says. This then is what I pray, kneeling before the Father, from whom every family where the spiritual or natural takes its name. Out of his infinite glory, may he give you the power through his spirit for your hidden self to grow strong, so that Christ may live in your hearts through faith, and then planted in love and built on love, you will with all the saints have strength to grasp the breadth and the length, the height and the depth, until knowing the love of Christ, which is beyond all knowledge, you are filled with the utter fullness of God. Glory be to him whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory be to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. So we've gathered to contemplate the face of Christ. That will take us on a journey if we allow him into our lives of transformation. At times that can be difficult, it can be painful as we face what we have to face. And the goal of transformation is to be like Jesus. So it should be a roller coaster of a two days if we take the silence and the stillness seriously. I hope and I pray, I'm tempted to say I guarantee, you will meet God. And God will touch you, wherever you are on your journey. So until we meet again, bless you. Thank you. So thank you for taking the time to listen to these episodes. Our prayer is that as you listen and reflect on these teachings, that you'll be encouraged to continue your journey, to maximise your potential, to have a good and a happy life. So sign in again next week for more teaching on how you can follow the Jesus way to experience your life as filled with meaning, purpose and joy. So God bless and stay safe.